We are going to focus right now on what happened in New York City and to hear a bit more about the working conditions of nurses and why militant action is needed. I'd like to welcome our guest, Erin Hogan. She is a nurse in the emergency department at Mount Sinai Hospital. She is also a union delegate, and she was on the strike action committee and now on the staffing committee for the emergency department. Erin, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Erin, I read somewhere that nurses say that they take home guilt while the CEOs of these hospitals are taking home millions. Even in that clip, there was some reference of nurses leaving patient care to go out on strike. Tell us about that, the kind of calculations that one has to make in deciding to take strike action. Erin. Right. So this was this was a long time coming. I will say that first. Working in the ER, I would have sometimes 17 to 20 patients. They would just keep coming and coming. And, you know, the patients in this ER uh, at Mount Sinai Hospital are on top of each other. They, they're, you're literally, you know, trying to squeeze in between two stretchers to get an IV in. It's completely unsafe. And of course, as a nurse, it's very, very stressful it causes a very dangerous environment for everybody that's there. Um, and for years before the pandemic, even we would go to management day after day after day, voicing our concerns and how this wasn't right. And we needed more nurses and it really just fell on deaf ears. As much as we protested, they would push back and say, you know, in the ER specifically, it's a unique area of the hospital that there was no ratios for us, that this was just what it is. And we just had to accept it. And yeah, of course we would take home guilt. Many of us, anxiety, panic attacks are very normal for us. Unfortunately, it's become a bit normalized. Um, You go home waking up in the middle of the night, thinking about that patient and whether you remembered to give a medication and how they were doing. It's just simply, it's not right. Yeah, I I read also that in, I can't remember what state it was, that a nurse actually, an ER nurse checked herself into the ER after her shift because the the work was so demanding and the impact, uh, it clearly impacted uh, her health. So I hear what you're saying. Uh, Now, Erin, You know, it also was reported that particularly during the COVID pandemic, that hospitals actually were making money. Okay, and you have these CEOs that are making millions of dollars. But yet, as an ER nurse, when you go to say we need help, they're pushing back and saying, what are they saying? They they can't hire any more nurses. They don't have the funding to do it. I mean, what's the excuse uh, you all are being given, Aaron? All of the above, honestly. Um, I know that in particular in my ER, they've said things like, oh, we have filled almost all of our vacancies, which is a complete lie. To be honest with you, the nurses that I work with now are almost entirely different than a year ago. They've all moved on to other units. Um, and the, yeah, the hospitals absolutely have the money. They just don't want to do anything about it. Right. So it's really, really about profit. And the the thing that I find interesting is that uh, the strikes in New York. Well, first, I should ask you, what what were the, the demands of the strike that you were particularly involved in? Above all, 
it is really about the staffing. That's really what it's about. Um, a lot of people said, you know, even if we got a massive, like 25% raise, it wouldn't matter if it wasn't going to change what our staffing and what are the patient care that we can provide. That was really what it was about. Right. Well, you know, I, I found that interesting because it's not only about your working conditions. Remember you talk about staffing, it's about your working conditions and the stress that you're facing, exhaustion that you're facing. Clearly, that's the case. But also patient care. I mean, I spent quite a bit of time. I think I was in hospital for like five weeks some years back with some issues with my lungs. And I can't tell you how important it was if a nurse even had a few minutes with me to, you know, to say something uh, cheery. I remember there was a nurse that would make these little paper, um, uh, you know, birds, right? And you know, he would do it very, very quickly. And that made such a huge difference for me. So it seems to me as though you all are complaining not only about your workload, but what that means for the impact on patient care. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, about this ratio as it impacts patient care, Erin um, Hogan. Absolutely. So, um, of course, you know, you have to think about it in other professions that when your workload, when they put more on more work or double your workload or add more tasks, that's obviously going to make it more stressful and you're going to uh, not do as great a job because you're stretched in. And it's exactly the same thing in the hospital, um, not just in the ER, in all of the units, it's just different in other units. Um, so instead of, you know, I'm glad you, you told me that story because for me, and I think all nurses, but for me, it's really all been about having that personal connection with a patient, you know, to really be able to check in and see how you were doing to just have that moment. And it's impossible. It is literally impossible, especially in the ER. Now I will say that I started out in oncology and I started at Mount Sinai six years ago. And within a month into orientation, I noticed something wasn't right because I thought that out of all of the units that somewhere like oncology, surely <laughs> they would you know, make sure that there's enough staffing so you have enough time to provide this personal connection. Now, moving on from that, so there wasn't, right, first of all, but moving on from that in the ER, forget about it. You're really just chasing your tail, running around in circles, trying to complete orders. You're lucky if you'll be able to take a minute with them and chat with them and really see how you're doing. But unfortunately, this is the reality that we have been forced to be in despite our protests. So medications can be given late. Patients will be screaming that they need something or upset that they need something. And you might not be able to get there. You might just have to walk past them to get to the patient that is in critical need of care at that moment. That is such a heartbreak, um, and uh, Aaron and uh, Kathy Kennedy, who's the president of the California Nurses Association, they represent, by the way, 100,000 nurses across California. She said, quote, we are seeing an upsurge of nurses that are saying, we've had enough. We want to organize. We really want our hospital to hear what we have to say, end of quote. So, with the strike that you were involved in, 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 in New York city, did the hospital listen to what here and listen to what you had to say? Um, the strike has ended. 
What did you win from that strike action? So this actually was a really good win. So in addition to retiree benefits, healthcare, those are considered little things in the, in the scheme of all of it. Um, we did get our raise that we had asked for over three years, but we also won enforceable patient ratio. So what that means is that, you know, there's been these staffing committees that have been around for a while, but in the, now they're really important, right? Because in the past, we couldn't really enforce anything. Well, we just couldn't. They just went on deaf ears. Um, so unit by unit, these staffing committees have put together ratios. Now, what will happen is these staffing committees will collect data every day, every shift, and we'll see when we are short according to those ratios. What we will do with that is we collect this data and then it will go to arbitration and the arbitrator will be up to them. But um, basically, if they vote in our favor, they, then the hospital would have to pay a fine. And the fine, interestingly, because I don't believe this has happened anywhere in the U.S. or in the world, that fine will go to the nurses that were actually working short. Right. Okay. Um, so quite quite a bit uh, that you've you've won there. Uh, so one other thing, though, because we know in the hospital, you know, of course, there's the hierarchy. You know, you have the doctors and you have the registered nurses. You have what, at least in California, are called the LVNs, right? And then you have the health uh, care technicians, the dietitians, the nursing assistants, etc. And they obviously earn less, right? So what is the impact of the fact that um, they also are understaffed? I mean, it seems to me as though there's a ripple effect, isn't there, with if they're understaffed uh, on your workload as a, as a nurse? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. And you're absolutely right. Um, I will say that coming back to work after the strike, uh, with all of these other areas and especially our techs we love so much, you know, we are welcomed back with open arms and they work hard too. And they're unionized as well. Um, they're in a different union. They're 1199 at my hospital. Um, if we have, you know, nurses, we, we work hard, you know? Um, so if we actually have these, when we actually have these ratios, because I will say side note that it, it will be a fight. <laughs> um, we're always happy to help out our techs. And especially if we have ratios in place, then we will be able to help out even more. In the past, this has been part of the problem was, you know, we're short in all aspects. So you're doing a tax work as well as a nurse's work. And we're happy to do that, but we definitely didn't have the time. Now with these ratios being more enforceable, we'll be able to have the time and hopefully this will, and I think it already has started to mobilize, um, other healthcare workers across the country. And that includes, you know, the tax and LPNs and anybody else that's unionized in healthcare so they can fight for what they deserve as well, because we're all a team. We can't do it without each other. Right. And um, just, we just have a few minutes left, but um, you know, some of the hospital administrators are saying, well, nurses are just using the, the coronavirus, the pandemic, 
as an excuse uh, to really push hard at the bargaining table. And I wonder your response to that. And also, it was clear during the pandemic, there was a time that people, I remember in New York, people would be applauding, you know, nurses and applauding the ambulance drivers, et cetera. And then that that kind of shifted a bit. And, you know, some healthcare workers actually started being attacked, you know, rather than uh, being thanked, given all of the politics around the vaccine, et cetera. But just tell us your response about this business about the the, uh, pandemic, because then you also have this winter, an uptick of this RSV, particularly um, among children and other respiratory um, issues. So it just seemed to me as though all of that just added on uh, to the workload and stress of nurses and other healthcare workers, Erin. Yeah, um, (laughs) that makes me sad and angry (laughs) to hear about uh, administrators saying that we're using the pandemic as an excuse. I'm not surprised that they're saying that. But like I said, this has been a problem way before the pandemic. The pandemic only exacerbated it. I mean, I don't want to go into the grim stories of the pandemic, but, you know, I'm sure that you know how the hospitals looked and how it was for nurses, especially in the ER, which was actually when I first started there. Um, But since then, it's only just gotten worse and worse. And in terms of, you know, personally, and the emotional state of nurses, yeah, we're very, very burnt out. And the pandemic exacerbated that we're exhausted, we're suffering from nightmares. I mean, I talked to a nurse that um, has since left, but on the picket lines, and she was telling me about the crippling anxiety that she's been having since COVID uh, related to that. Right. And no wonder then, that nurses, it seems, are leaving in droves. I mean, according to the New York Times, nurses are quitting their full-time jobs. They are um, doing the whole uh, traveling uh, nurse. Um, some people are getting into demand for travel nurses, they're saying, has uh, doubled. Uh, but also that By 2025, the U.S. is projected to have somewhere between 200,000 and 450,000 nurses that they are short of. Uh, So they better listen up and and make some changes here. Any final thoughts uh, from you and uh, people who also want to support the work that you all are doing, the union is doing and the nurses, is there anything that they should do? Erin Hogan. Thank you. Uh, I have a lot to say to that. So feel free if you need to cut me off. Um, So in regards to travel nursing and leaving, I am actually an example of that. I love what I do. I love my coworkers. I love my patients, but it just became too much. And so I went down to part-time in the ER and I did do traveling for a while. And it was honestly the most, uh, honestly, it felt like I got out of an abusive relationship. It really did. It's like you're in it and it's normalized and you're looking around and you're asking everybody else like, wait, 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 but this isn't right. But everybody else is just kind of silently accepting it. And then you finally get out, you know, you think you're crazy and then you get out and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) Um, So being part-time is much better. Um, And what was the other thing in regards to support? I mean, this is so important, our allies. And I would say right to our officials, um, encourage and demand safe staffing ratios for us because we all deserve it, patients and nurses. And, you know, if there's another strike in your area, please support us or them on the picket line. Thank you. Right. 
Right. And when you are in the ER and, and hospital, uh, just remember, you know, we are so dependent on nurses. And I actually found that I could depend or get more information from nurses uh, than I could from some of the higher ups, from some of the doctors on, on, uh, on staff there. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for your work. Erin Hogan, nurse in the emergency department at Mount Sinai Hospital. She's a union delegate. She was part of the strike action committee there and now on the staffing committee for the emergency department. Thank you so very much for your work. And uh, we really want to give a shout out to all of the nurses and, and healthcare workers. Uh, we really appreciate each and every one of you. And Erin, please keep us posted on how things progress following your action. Thank you. Thank you.